The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. McDavid. Dry subtle. McDavid. Hearing it from the crowd, 21,000 plus. McDavid, one-timer, Bouchard, score! Evan Bouchard blasts home the winner. Edmonton 2, Montreal 1 in overtime. Evan Bouchard warming the hearts of oil country on this frigid Saturday night. A record-breaking blast on the power play in overtime. Edmonton 2, Montreal 1 is the final, and the Oilers have set a team record with their 10th consecutive victory. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you're staying warm along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. And as always, we update the power plays for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. And the power play goal is the decisive one this evening, Rob, the Oilers had a power play late in the third period. Couldn't get the go-ahead likely game winner with how much time was left. But then that four-on-three overtime, uh, I mean, just the firepower they have finally connects on the power play. Yeah, you give the Canadians credit on their penalty kill throughout uh, the regular part of the game as they just sold out everything. They had four guys back, they let the others play on the perimeter, and then they weren't allowing the cross-ice pass, and they put their bodies on the line for every shot that was trying to get through. They did an excellent job. The problem for Montreal when it went to overtime, it's a four-on-three, and there's just so much room you can do as as well as you think you could do trying to keep your triangle small and in front of the net but there's just too much room and all of a sudden a perimeter shot the one that Bouchard had is from much closer in and uh, when you got a bomb at about 95 to 100 miles an hour it's really tough for for a goaltender who stood on his head and then even that they, he got fortunate it hit the post bounced out hit the back of the goaltender and then went into the net and that was the only way you're beating that goalie tonight rob 10 consecutive wins and a few things to talk about tonight another goal that can be <laughs> can yep. be debated because of uh, goalie interference that went the Oilers' way tonight. Um, the winning streak, obviously. They also tie a, t- a franchise record for road wins mm-hmm. in a row at eight. But I, I really want to get this stat out there to emphasize this. A 10-game winning streak, the Oilers have allowed 17 goals. And the first two games were the 6-3 and 4-3 wins against the Devils and the Rangers. So in the last eight games... The Oilers have allowed 11 goals. Well, you take a look at the teams that the Oilers are going to have to play in the playoffs and beat. It's going to have to be L.A. and it's going to have to be Vegas. Uh, Those teams play consistent hockey all the time where they're comfortable in 2-1, 3-2 hockey games. And they have a standard where they play every game that that way. And even if the puck's not going in for them, they know they're only giving up two against. Uh, The Oilers used to be a team that tried to outscore its mistakes and eventually it catches up to him. Caught up to him a couple years ago against the Colorado Avalanche. Caught up to him last year against the Vegas Golden Knights where when you play really good teams, they don't let you outscore your mistakes. So the Oilers had to be much better defensively this year. 
didn't start that way when you dropped the first game eight to one, but they finally got to playing the proper way. And if you're holding the other team to one or two goals, and that's what they've done over this stretch here, under two goals a game, the Oilers have the best player in the world. They have the best power play in the world. They have the second best player in the world. They've got Hyman having a career year. They're going to get you the two goals. It might take you 60 minutes. It might take you 65. But if you continually play games where you hold the opposition to two or less, you're going to find yourself on the right side of the scoreboard more often than not. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. The Oilers are, be, are playing playoff hockey during the regular season, and that bodes well as the season moves on. Yeah, and, and the first two periods tonight, I, I think you got to give Montreal a lot mm-hmm. of credit. I, I, I know there's going to be some comparisons to the Chicago game. I think Montreal, I think both teams in Chicago were, were not great. I, I think mm-hmm. the Canadians knew what they wanted to do and were dogged and were playing with a lead almost uh, the entire game because they scored a minute 43 into the game. And then you got to talk about Skinner. He stops 23 out of 24. Um you know, we've seen some, uh, well, you know, last game. Uh, Picker's got to be in there against yep. the guy who's stopping almost everything. And then Skinner just, I, I thought, uh, I, again, a solid, comfortable performance to me. He's the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, it's one of these, it's, is it the chicken or the egg, which came first? Is it the play of Skinner or is it the better defensive hockey of the Edmonton Oilers? Why is Skinner's record and the Oilers' record so good right now? And I think it's a combination of both. I think the Oilers are playing much better defensively and when there is a breakdown, they're getting the save. And I think that combination has allowed the Oilers to uh, play a very patient game. Uh, it used to be in a, if you're, the Oilers were down one nothing in a third period of a hockey game, there were hope plays. There were players anticipating or cheating. Uh, They're trying to force plays. The Oilers know they don't have to do that now. They know that they're going to eventually get something's going to find the way to the back of net, and they have trust in their goaltender to make the saves when he had to. And again, Skinner and and Pickard, for the most part, the Oilers' goaltending hasn't had to work as hard as the opposition goaltending in this last stretch. But sometimes that's harder if you've got to go eight, nine minutes in a row, and then you get a grade A. The goalie on the other end, if he's under constant pressure, then he knows that he's in the game. So there's no there's no lack of focus or loss of focus. So a goaltender that's standing down there watching his sh- team shift after shift after shift, then all of a sudden it creeps in your mind. You're like, okay, I better I can't afford to let one in because we know this guy on the other end is not going to let two. So Skinner's been excellent. Pickard's been good. Uh, what it's done is it's uh, given the Oiler management uh, pause on whether or not they have to make a trade for another goaltender because Skinner right now is playing as good as he did in his rookie season when he was one of the two best rookies in the National Hockey League. So the Oilers win it 2-1 in overtime. Uh, We're naming Skinner the fourth star. Bouchard with the game winner was picked as the third star. Mike Matheson, who had a really good game, though he did take the penalty in overtime that gave the Oilers the power play, the second star. Montembeau for the Canadians. Their goaltender, 39 saves, is the first star. I mean, going on that Matheson, that was one of, it's unfortunately, he took the penalty on Nurse that created the goal for, for the Oilers. That might have been one of the best shifts we've seen from an opposition player. He led a drive offensively that almost scored in overtime. He beat every player back, took the puck away from the Oilers, and then led again the opposite way. He, he won three races. On that stretch, unfortunately, his stick came up, caught Nurse in the face, and he ended up being in the penalty box. And when he was in the penalty box, too, he is the Montreal Canadiens' best player. So the Canadians, not only were they shorthanded, they were shorthanded with their best player sitting in the penalty box. 
Oilers win it 2-1 in OT, 10 in a row. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. During that stretch. Uh, we just found ways to win games, and whether that's been good goaltending, special teams, power play, penalty kill, um, you know, third, fourth, first line, everybody's contributed. It so you don't put a streak together with um, just relying on one line or a few guys. So uh, I'm very happy that we were able to do it. And some high-scoring games, some low-scoring games, but uh, yeah, finding ways. This week in particular, you've won three consecutive one-goal hockey games. How do you describe the character and the grit in that dressing room right now? When you're winning games, it's you have confidence. You don't have to, um, you know, doubt yourself and feel that you need to change your game. I think there's been confidence of we'll just stick with it. We'll win a win a hockey game. And you know, I've been very happy with our guys. We've been doing that, and we've been talking about doing playing that way for a couple months. And I, we go back to that game against Winnipeg where I thought we played really well, and we stuck with it, and we end up getting a break and end up winning that game. But um, just stuff like that. And it's not always going to go your way. The other teams are going to have pushes. Um, and um, we just got to make sure that we stay composed. Asked you probably they have uh, the records that when you're an Edmonton Oiler in 2024 and you're trying to chase a record, some of them are just so unattainable. Like you're never going to get Gretzky's points. You're probably not winning five cups in the next few years. Maybe you will, but to get a record, to do something that that group never did, is that you know? Can you put that in perspective? Um, yeah, I think when it's all done, maybe we'll sit back and enjoy it a little bit more. I think it feels good right now. I think what feels really good is we're moving up the standings and looking for the playoffs and trying to build for a long, successful playoff season. Um, yeah, right now it feels really good. I think down the road, maybe when the season's done, it'll feel even better that we, we accomplished something that a lot of good hockey teams didn't do before, which... Um, but uh, right now, I don't know. I, I just like our focus on what we need to do tomorrow. Are you uh, looking at the scoreboards and then seeing who's uh, close by and who's attainable and are the players focusing on that we as well? We look at the standings, but it's there's so many games left. And um, that's one of the things that we, we talked about when I first got here. Let's not look at the standings and let's break the season up in small segments because we look at where we are right now. It's, it looks like... It's too unattainable. It's too hard to over or, uh, overcome the hole that we're in, and um, just take it uh, one game at a time. Ten games at a time look pretty good. <laughs> right now, it's looking good. Hopefully, it's eleven. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Thank you. All right, that is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a two-one overtime win against the Canadians. So. The 10-game winning streak, also 18-3 and in their last 21 games, and now 23-15-1 on the season. you got to remember, at one point, Rob, they were 2-9-1. Mm-hmm. Remember my goal for them then? To win a game. Win one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, this is why sometimes you don't look too much at small segments. Um, right now, the segment, the one at the beginning of the season where the Oilers really struggled, I mean, should they blow up the team? Should they fire the coach, fire the goalie coach, trade these players, trade that player? Uh, and it just was on and on. The Vegas Golden Knights are on almost the exact same pace right now in their last stretch as the others to start the season. The LA Kings, I believe now, have gone eight or nine in a row without a victory. Teams go through this. And what, all the things where 
Ken Holland didn't do turned out to be all the right moves. And we had people that wanted Ken Holland fired immediately. And then they had to, you got to trade this guy, you got to trade that, you got to get a goalie. Well, they didn't do these things. And now this team is, uh, is the best team in the National Hockey League. Uh, what I, why I have never been worried about the Oilers this year is they finished last year, was it 18-2-1? And, and they're now on a stretch where they're 18-3. Yeah, they had a hiccup at the beginning of the season. They were a good team that was playing poorly. Now they are a good team that is playing great. And one of the things that I really like right now, if you're a fan of hockey, the three hottest teams in the NHL over there, a 21-22 game stretch are the Vancouver Canucks, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Winnipeg Jets. Three Canadian teams yeah. have been the three hottest teams over the last five, six weeks. I think that's great for hockey here in Canada. Yeah, and then Seattle's up there too, another Pacific Division team. You made a great point, Rob. Like, we can look ahead. The yes. players don't. We can, we can what if this, yes. this point that you made. The Oilers, well, the Oilers play Toronto, and then they play against the Kraken. If the Oilers win against Toronto and the Kraken, I don't know what their schedule is, but I'm guessing they have one game. It could be a couple teams looking for their 12 straight, yeah, their 12 straight win. There could be two teams going 11-0 going against each other next Thursday when the Kraken come to, to Edmonton, which would be kind of cool. The Seattle Kraken, uh, who had a horrible start to their season, are trying to fight their way back into a playoff spot. And when you go nine, eight in a row, nine in a row, or whatever it is, and you've got teams like Vegas and L.A. struggling right now. All of a sudden, you start making strides moving back up into a playoff picture. So uh, the Kraken and the Oilers were considered dead and gone when it came to the playoff picture. Well, they're both very much alive in this playoff picture now. And next week, uh, that game at one point looked yeah, like it, a couple, it would look like a bad, it has bad the hockey potential. game. It has the potential to be two games on 11-game winning streaks. If the Oilers beat the Leafs, Seattle plays Pittsburgh Monday and the Rangers on Tuesday. Both two tough road. games. So, two tough you know, games. But, but hey, it's still it'll still be two hot teams. Very hot. Even yes. If, uh, even if there's a loss or two in there, so the Oilers win it two-one in overtime. Bouchard gets the game winner. Drysdale also scored. We'll debate that goal a little bit. Our hotline, powered by CertainTeed, is 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Ten in a row. Ten in a row. Never happened before for the Oilers. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Here's Kane looking for Fogel. Burles his way short side and it's top time for the equalizer. Leon Dreisaitl has tied this game. One all. Dreisaitl's short side could not contain on the initial thrust by Fogel and it was slammed home by Leon Dreisaitl. It was. Uh, we'll talk about that in a sec here. First of all, I just want to remind everybody, if you haven't uh, heard or checked your phone, there is uh, an emergency alert tonight because of the extreme cold resulting in high power demand. So you're being asked to limit your electricity use to essential needs only. So turn off Lights in rooms you're not in. Uh, don't use electrical appliances that use a lot of power. Uh, delay use of major power appliances. Delay charging electrical vehicles and plugging in block heaters. If you're going to cook something, try and use the microwave instead of the stove. 
this is uh, there's a risk of uh, rolling power outages, uh, rotating power outages tonight. So that's why this alert has been put out. You get more information from the Alberta Electric System Operator website. The Oilers went 2-1 in overtime against the Canadians. It's Bouchard with the winner. So that goal, 39 seconds into the third, Rob, uh, gave the Oilers a lot of life. I mean, they did wind up with 19 shots in the third. Certainly invigorated the line of Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. Fogel, and Kane. The Canadians challenged for goalie interference. Yeah, and I thought it was the right call. I, I thought it was going to be called back. I know that Bob and Jack on the on the radio call both thought it was going to be called back as well. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be called back when Fogel went through the crease. Now, I know you're allowed to skate because he had the puck. He was trying to go to the net. Uh, the puck was stopped up against the, the goal post between the pad and the goal post. Fogel's skate got caught in the goaltender's stick. Now, the goalie, goalie Montembeau put out his stick because he tried to poke check, and that's where the stick got caught up in Fogel's leg. What I thought Kogel did was illegal. He, and he did it on purpose, and I know because I would have too. He kicked the stick with his leg, and you could see it. It was pretty obvious. So I, th- I can see what St. Louis saying, all right, he kicked the stick. That po- turned my goalie a little bit and didn't allow him to cover the puck. Leon comes in, pushes the puck, the pad. That part was fine. So I thought it would be called back. Uh, I was surprised it wasn't. And the one thing that... And this is what the players have complained about and coaches have complained about is ones that you think are obvious go the opposite way. The ones they think they're close, they're going, uh, they seem to be quicker type of decisions by the referees. To me, I thought that was going to be no goal, and I was quite surprised. Uh, yeah, we talked about during the game. I, I, I was leaning towards it being a goal because, I, I like you said, Fogel does have the right yep. to bring the puck into the crease and pursue it. Yep. I thought Montembeau, and I, I realize this is, you know, I'm, I'm splitting hairs to some degrees, but sometimes I try to think, okay, what are they looking at? Because I have found that the obvious things, the things that we think are obvious aren't always obvious. I thought Montembeau dressed up the motion of his uh, and, and, Oh, I believe he did away. too. Yeah, I did. I believe he did. And the rule says... Uh, if an attacking player enters the goal crease and by his actions impairs the goalkeeper's ability to defend his goal, the goal would be disallowed. Uh, like, are they thinking, okay, Fogel's already put the puck there and Montembeau's already leaning off to the side. Did the did the stick movement actually prevent Montembeau from defending his goal? No, we've seen the goal, was it in Vancouver? Where the, so that's why I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, and having said that, so I thought that was should have been no goal. Later in the game, Connor McDavid gets a goalie interference penalty that, uh, I mean, uh, that, that play happens a thousand times a night. Where And I'm like, okay, how is that a penalty? I mean, what Fogel did created more of a, a problem for the goaltender than what McDavid did. And the McDavid one gave it the Montreal Canadiens two-minute power play. So, again, I, I, I don't understand half the times what the referees are looking at or what, what they're deciding uh but to me that one i mean marty st louis i thought made the right decision it all i mean it could have cost them big time because if edmonton scores on the power play that you get because you make the bad challenge that game was over at that point i give credit to the canadians penalty killers for not allowing that to happen but to me i i mean fogel intentionally kicked the stick i mean you can see him doing it and 100 he did uh, but the referees, I, I mean, that again, this is where I, I think things will be much clearer for everybody if the referees can come on and explain it afterwards what their 
thought process was and then we'd probably have a lot less questions you and i and fans afterwards on social media like okay i don't understand well if they explain it to us it'd be much easier for us to understand the next time it happens all right nonetheless the oilers get the 2-1 win and oilers fans will probably say there have been there were four close calls on goals being allowed or disallowed on this road trip, and that was the one that went the other's way. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're hoping for 50-50, probably Oilers fans are saying, look, at least give us 25%. Uh, we got Haz on the line. Haz, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I was just hearing you guys chatting there about Warren Fogle and, uh, you know, certainly his play there this year um, compared to last year. Uh, I think he's really picked it up. Like he had, you know, I think he rang one off the post. Was it second period or something like that? Yep. Oh, no, later in the third on that. Yeah, four, he had a great four, chance, yes. Four on four, two, uh, two on one. Yeah, shot off the post. Yeah, in the third and then his power move, you know, obviously Leon Leon uh, cleaned it up there afterwards. But but Fogel, um, like compared to last year, just his play even along the, uh, you know, the top of the uh, the circles there in the ozone there, just receiving the puck and getting the, and he's got a great shot, so. I love Fogel. I don't know if you guys see the improvement this year and such, but but I certainly see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there is. I think the improvement, a lot of it, is confidence. I think yeah. over the last couple of years, we've or since he's been here, he creates a lot of opportunities, uh, but he never really had any finish. And a lot of that is confidence. I think right now he's a guy that's not afraid to make a play. Uh, when you're lower down in the lineup, when you're a third or fourth line player, there's a fear. If you make a mistake trying to do something, you might not get another shift, or it'll be a while before you get a shift. And when you start getting a coaching staff that trusts you, you're not afraid to make plays. And we've seen this year where Fogel has gone one-on-two, or he's split the D, or he's thrown a puck in between his legs, things like that. And also a confident player on a two-on-one look shot first. And I think that's what you like about Fogel. When you're not confident in your game, you're trying to pass it off and hope that the other guy puts the puck in the net to get your team a goal and you a point. When you're a confident player, you want to be the guy that shoots the puck. And we saw that with Fogel quite often in the last month or so. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime. Tenth consecutive victory. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $200 donation tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. They give 100 bucks for every goal. Let's go back to Montreal. That was Leon Dreisaitl's 20th of the year. Here he is. That's uh, it's a great, great little streak we got going. Um, obviously, there's a lot of wins in this organization. Uh, for for a long time so um it's it's kind of hard to believe that they never won 10 games in a row back then um you know with the teams they had so but we'll obviously take it and um you know something that obviously uh no one no one can take us uh take from us uh from, from now on but um just yeah, looking to continue that. This is uh, you're starting your team to play a lot of these games where they're low scoring. You're not necessarily leading the whole game, and they're you're still somehow winning. This is a trend. Is it a good trend for the? Yeah, it's a great trend. Um, you know, it shows that we're resilient, and um, you know we, we're sticking with uh, with our game plan for 60 minutes. Sometimes it takes longer than 60 minutes, um, but obviously, you know, we'd, we'd like to uh, you know capitalize on some chances earlier on, and, and, and maybe. Um, you know, put ourselves in a in a better spot um, going into the third. But we gotta we gotta find a way to win any type of game. We on all three of these road uh, victories for you guys this week. We're all in one goal game fashions. How do you describe the effort from this group? 
Yeah, resilient. Um, you know, sticking with it. Um, very mature. Um, very mature hockey. So um, teams are, are, are playing us hard every night, and um, lots lots of credit to to those teams, um, but lots of credit to the scoop. <laughs> Sorry, um, to to the group in here for for you know battling through it and, and sticking with it and um, you know eventually getting the wins. I know collectively you guys are happy with the strides you guys have been making on the defensive side of the puck, but what about the play of your goaltenders this week? Yeah, amazing. I mean, they made saves at the right times that um, you know could have easily have been goals, and um, you of course need that at times. Um, so they've been they've been amazing all week, all year, really. You look at the score clock. You have some something. Like 40 shots, you only have one goal. Is it frustrations are creeping in, or you get at the point where you think as a team we can uh, That's that's the maturity level that I was talking about, right? Um, you know, some some nights the puck just doesn't go in. Their goalie was really good tonight. Um, he made a lot, a lot of big saves on on a lot of our top guys. So um, stuck stuck with it, and um, you know we know that eventually we'll 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 find one uh, or two, and uh, did that tonight. That is Leon Dreisaitl. Got the goal that made it 1-1. Got an assist on Bouchard's game winner in overtime. Set the line tonight was under. It was only one. I set it at four and a half. Combined points by Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Sean took the under. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Harry is on the line. Harry, go ahead. Um, first of all, just, yeah, I'd like to acknowledge that uh, that streak. That's absolutely amazing. We've never made it this far, given the teams we've had. Um, I got a hypothetical question for you, and then I guess another question. If you guys were putting on your GM hat, out of these two players, who would you go for? No, okay, Harry, I'm going to stop you right there. The people that call in to ask us those types of questions usually do that because they want to give their opinion themselves. So you go no, ahead no. and do that, no, okay? I, I wouldn't know who to pick on this one, but it's just between – it's honestly like I'm more curious about your guys' take on it. So would you go for Kessel or Perry? Perry. Perry. Not no, even no, close. It's not even a debate. No. Like, okay. there's no okay. debate. Like, the quality of the player at this point is not even close. The, the, the thing comes, which one of those players would want to come here? There's there's the other option, too. Kessel would certainly come here in a heartbeat. If if Perry has other options, Perry's not, Perry wants to play. And he does, if, if he's going to play, he wants power play time. The problem for Corey Perry, there's no power play time in Edmonton. Still have Harry? Stage of their... For, for players at Perry's stage of their career, what's more important to them, the chance to win the Cup again or income? I don't think income at all for, for Corey yeah. Perry, but there will be there'll be other teams in the National Hockey League. Corey Perry's not going to a team that's uh, not going to be a contender. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing someone's going to give him a chance. And this is all depends on it, whatever comes out about what happened in Chicago. As long as it's not something that is going to scare teams away, uh, there will be teams that will be interested if it's not as bad as people uh, at first thought. There will be teams, especially contending teams, that will uh, take a look at him. Uh, but there will be there's probably about seven or eight teams in the National Hockey League that I think have true opportunities to win a Stanley Cup this year. Last year, it was the last team that made it into the playoffs, the Florida Panthers that went to the finals, where the Boston Bruins were the odds-on favorite to win the Cup. So, uh, Corey Perry won't be looking for money. He'll be looking for a chance to win. 
Oilers win 2-1. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We got Coach's nephew on the line. If you are not Chris Knobloch's nephew, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. I am not Chris Knobloch's nephew. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you anyway. Okay, thank you. I, I am a nephew of a famous NHL coach, but I will digress. I'm not going to disclose that here tonight. Uh, thank you guys for the show. The show's great. Um, two two things. Number one, I like what the Oilers are doing with the power play. Like last year, how many times did I watch Dry Settle just get fed from McDavid far side, found the seam, he puts it home. Uh, that's not working this year. They've they've changed it up, and I I think that you know knowing that. Bush is doing what he's doing on the point, uh, letting it go. That's that's kind of the new game plan. I hope that that continues and and teams start to feel like they need to protect against that so they can go back to dry settle because like he's got something special there on the power play. Um, do you think they're going to continue to kind of develop a bit of a, a formula there on the power play that's going to be unique to keep teams guessing? And the second thing is, I just I know Chicago wasn't pretty. Tonight was hard, but those kind of wins, like, they solidify a mental toughness in a team that needs to get ready for the playoffs that I like. I just want to know your thoughts on all of that. Well, it's for the power play. The reason they kept going back to Leon last year because they had the best power play in the history of the National Hockey League. Uh, teams are doing a better job nowadays of, of taking that away. Uh, Bouchard has always been a weapon for this team. It continues to be uh, and will always be. Uh, it's pick your poison. If you're a penalty killer, who do I cover? Which shooting lane do I get in the way? Which passing lane? I think most of the teams now, when they play the Oilers, they try to have four guys back and just bottle up and take it on the perimeter and just try to block shots and block passes. Uh, and the Oilers, I think, they've only had, what, four or five power plays in their last 11, four or five power play goals in the last 11 games. Teams have slowed it down a little bit. As for becoming a good defensive team, uh, good defensive teams win Stanley Cups. Teams that know how to win 2-1 hockey games win Stanley Cups, and that's the Edmonton Oilers are trying to do this year. Five power play goals over the 10-game win streak. Yep. Yeah, but that was so that used to, to be fathom. Oh, you would have you if you would have thought fourteen. If well, you would have won ten in, a row. in all honesty, if you would have said five power play goals and the Oilers are ten, no, you're thinking, oh, one of the games they had five power play goals. Right. I would have thought that was more of a more of an obvious thought than uh, they would have only five power play goals in the ten games. So uh, good on the Oilers finding other ways to win, and I think that's important going forward. Two one in overtime tonight against the Canadians. The Oilers have played 28 games in the Bell Centre since it opened in 1996. Half of them have gone to overtime. This season, the Canadians, in their 42 games, have gone to overtime 16 times. They're now 9-7 and seven in games tied after 60 minutes. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Left circle, steps up, shoots. Blocker saves Skinner, rebound, Slavkovsky. Boy, Caulfield has a heater of a wrist shot. Suzuki, Slavkovsky, Caulfield. 
Inside. Wrist shot. Monahan denied. Another big save. Stuart Skinner. Suzuki. Caulfield. High slot. Can't pull the trigger. Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Another good performance by Skinner. 23 saves. Oilers beat the Canadians 2-1 in overtime for a team record-setting 10th consecutive victory. On the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. I'll just highlight a few games here. Canucks beat the Sabres 1-0. Panthers' nine-game winning streak is over. They lose to the Devils 4-1. The Kraken have won nine in a row. They beat the Blue Jackets 7-4. The Jets' eight-game winning streak ends. They lose 2-0 to the Flyers. Flames lead Vegas 2-0 after the first. Kansas City up 26-7 on Miami. Late Houston eliminated Cleveland 45-14. Guys, we, I have to end the show at 9 tonight, so if you're on hold, I am not going to get to everybody. I apologize, but i got to be done at 9 tonight, so we will make Chris the final caller of the evening. Chris, you got about uh, 48 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, sounds good. First off, hopefully you and Rob are uh, staying warm tonight. And, Appreciate uh, that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and I was just going to mention, because uh, you were talking about the goalie interference, or challenge for the goalie interference on Fogel, the only thing that I thought was uh, maybe in the advantage was, I think it was David Savard who was tied up with Fogel, who didn't really give him the chance to move out of the way to Bontem uh, Ball. I think that's the only thing I looked at that was maybe the advantage. That yep. went into Edmonton's favor, but that's just... It could be, too. That's why I really wish that the, the referees would, would explain it afterwards. And it would go a long way in knowing what the referees think and look for in those situations for all of us sitting at home watching. But, yeah, good point by you. No, th- thanks, and uh, great show as always from you guys. It's hard to live 10 straight wins, but, uh, hey, we'll take it considering what uh, the start of the season was and uh, <laughs> yeah. what's going right now. So yeah, you guys have a good night. quite a turnaround. The Oilers are 23-15-1. They are 18-3 in their last 21 games. They won eight in a row. They lost three in a row. They've won 10 since then. They will try to make it 11 on Tuesday. Our next broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, home to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I wonder what the crowd will be like for that one. 5.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 7. You can get more on the Oilers, more on this game on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Evan Bouchard firing home the winner on the power play in overtime from McDavid and Dreisaitl. So that was the decisive marker in this 10th consecutive victory. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.